0: Third Culture Kids. And uh, the last episode was a little more of an interview with me asking equipping questions and trying to really get into the vision and the emotional reality of what that's like. And I'm now going to really turn this over to her and ask her, what are some of the tools and resources that she has found that are um, just helpful, essential, powerful, and the journey of raising third culture kids. So if you haven't listened to the first episode, go back and listen to that so you can get some of the vision for the terminology and the reality of what we're talking about. And now we're gonna to move to the practical aspects of all this, so let me turn it over to you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kendall. So I think just if like the idea of a third culture kid is new, like maybe you've never even heard that term before, I think a really great place to start is a book called Third Culture Kids by David Pollock. And essentially what that book is, is it just brings to light emotional and uh, like psychological realities of a third culture kid. Um, I think for me, when I read it, it was, it kind of felt heavy and jarring, but it did bring, like, it really did shed light on all the complexities of a third culture kid. But I will say it didn't give me necessarily like practicals on how to shepherd my own children through things, but I think it's a great, could be a great place to start. But the, the resource I would say that's been the most helpful is a book by Lauren Wells. She has a book, but she also has lots of trainings and we can share all these resources. Um, she has Instagram page facebook page with resources that she's sharing and sending out all the time called tck care but the book that she wrote is called the grief tower by lauren wells and essentially what the book really goes into depth into is if you can imagine like the little blocks that a little kid would play with she talks about something called the grief tower and how as we talked about in the first segment is that like grief and loss as a third culture kid in the constant transitions it's unavoidable and um but we can help our children process through all the grief and grievances in really healthy ways and ways that create connection both as a community but also as families and um so anyway if you can kind of imagine this grief tower getting built up she talks about how reach research has shown that third culture kids that just let this grief tower build up as they go off into adulthood and maybe around mid to late 20s they experience their first you know real difficult life of event away from their family so maybe a relationship's broken or A car accident happens and then that grief tower that's just been built up just shatters and then they experience maybe a really deep depression or you know really intense mental health problems and so what she talks about is we don't we can't control the that the blocks are there we can't just make the blocks go away but as the instead of letting them stack up we can help our children like in imagining them just being on a table and you're observing them, you're becoming aware of them and you're talking about them and helping them process them, but they're not stacking up. And she talks a lot about the difference between a big T trauma and little t trauma. So a big T trauma would be like a car accident or a death or this event that's very easy to identify, but little t trauma, is when there's a lot. Of, a visual that's helpful for me is if you can imagine like a million, like splinters, on my body. If those went unaddressed, my body would react in maybe getting an infection. I'd need to go to the hospital, and it would be similar to a big T trauma. But it's not. It's a lot harder to identify the why.
0: Uh, review here what I'm what I'm hearing. So a great yep. starter on this topic third culture kids by david you said Pollock. yep and that's just an amazon book available for anybody out there and uh that's just a great kind of introduction to the topic something definitely to read if you are considering raising third culture kids you (laughs) want to have a, a working knowledge of what that's like and an introduction to the topic and then for the ongoing Uh, lifestyle. There's this wonderful TCK care, Lauren Wells, and I'm hearing um, two really powerful um, metaphors or examples that she's created. First is the concept of the grief tower. I'm thinking of the game of Jenga I played with my kids uh, a couple weeks ago, (laughs) and uh, that is um, so powerful for all of us, and especially because you mentioned in our last recording how third culture kids will experience more grief due to all the transitions that they have by the time they're 18 than most people will throughout the course of their life. Um, and, and also this idea of big T versus little t trauma and how uh, those those challenges add up over time. And just an acknowledgement that what you're called to do is beautiful and powerful, and I'm sure there's been joy in it. And there's also a cost that you wanna keep up to date on uh, with yourself. And with the lord that's what i'm hearing there
1: yeah that's so good yes
0: what are some other resources or practicals that you've discovered along the way
1: yeah i think another thing that comes to my mind that i've had to really lean into is in proverbs 20 verse 5 it says good advice lies deep within and a person with understanding will draw it out and I think specifically for people who are in an unreached people group context, so I have to be so intentional when I'm in America or when I'm at global gatherings or when I'm on Zoom or coaching calls with mentors of mine to really pull out from other people and resources outside of my context, um, you know, just wisdom on parenting and advice in harder situations and. And, um, also with other, you know, workers in our region have been really helpful, but like actually inviting other people to speak into my parenting. Cause I think a lot of times in, in the States, like that kind of happens a little bit more organically. Um, you get to do life on life with mentors a little bit more organically than maybe us who are in, a context where we're constantly surrounded by unreached people or very brand new believers. Um, so I think really leaning into mentorship. And then another thing that we did that was really helpful for us is we went to a professional like counseling center to debrief our first term overseas. And so we got personal counseling, but then we also had our kids go through like a play therapist who really really spoke into some things that we were doing that weren't benefiting our children in their uniqueness of being a TCK that we were sort of blinded to. And so basically what I'm saying is inviting outside help in ways that you can have been so helpful for us to kind of look in and show us our blind spots.
0: Yeah, that's amazing learning journey you've been on. is there been any resources or books, podcasts? Is there anything that's helped you in terms of your kids specifically? Um, maybe things that they've enjoyed or drawn from? Yeah.
1: Actually, there's a book called Swirly that my kids love. And it's essentially talking about how, I mean, it's called Swirly. It's the sweetest book that talks about how Jesus is all kind of is this representation of all these different cultures and it really does speak to the heart of a tck that doesn't necessarily feel totally accepted or understood in america or doesn't totally feel accepted or understood in the middle east or indonesia or mexico you know the uniqueness of them trying to figure out where their belonging is that's been very sweet um, something else that my kids have loved at global gatherings or different conferences we've been been to in the past is um, when everybody came together, she had all the third culture kids get to experience um, like Christmas together and birthdays together. And they kind of had like every day they'd celebrate a holiday or something because one of the grievances is that you don't get to do that with your best friend in America or with your grandma and grandpa, but to come together and kind of experience that together, that's been really fun. And Natalie also has like several books that are great for elementary school kids that she shared there. With the Grief Tower book that I talked about, even before then, one of the tools that I learned was, you can do this anyway. Like you can do it on a sidewalk with, chalk or what i'll typically do is get a blank piece of paper so anytime we're going through a transition i'll get out a piece of paper and i'll fold the paper three times so then and then unfold it and it kind of creates eight little squares and on one side of the paper i'll draw a happy face and on the other side of the paper i'll draw a sad face and so We do this like going from America back to the Middle East, or one time during COVID, we had to leave the Middle East and go to South Africa because of our intense lockdown situation. But then we got stuck in South Africa for a big chunk of time because uh, borders closed. So when we were in South Africa, we got together with my kids' um, best friends, family friends of kind, we all did this together And it's been just this normal rhythm every time we transition. But what we'll do is we talk about, hey, during our time, for example, in South Africa, what are the memories that you loved, that you want to keep with you forever? Because you actually don't have to let go of them. Like, they're with you forever. So then the kids will draw pictures or write down memories on the happy face side and then we'll all take turns sharing like the things that we want to celebrate about our time here. And then we'll flip it over and then we'll talk about hey, what are some things that happened here that were really challenging or what are some thing like what are some emotions that come up when you think about leaving? Like what feels painful? And then they'll write everything down and then we all go around and share it and just we're just creating space for them to grieve and also celebrate and it's been so like those are the moments where it kind of organically will turn into us comforting each other or us praying and God really speaking to one of my kids um it's just been this kind of family tradition that we've had and then another little tool that you'll hear a lot in different TCK resources is the yuck duck and the yay duck (laughs) (laughs) and how a lot of times when you're in transition, there's this paradox, like you feel all this excitement about. So example, the country that we live in, one of the seven wonders in the world is there. So they're like, oh, I'm so excited. I get to see this and I get to learn a new language. And it's incredibly exciting. There's a lot of positive emotion. And at the same time and sometimes in the same moment, you also feel anger because you're having to say goodbye to your best friend and you're having to say goodbye to your grandparents and you don't want to leave this house that you thought was forever or your favorite pet. And so teaching your kids and us, honestly, um. That it's okay to feel these positive and negative emotions together and and it's okay that they exist at the same time or maybe one minute you feel this and the next minute you feel that and so doing these little activities has really helped the kids process and for us to shepherd their hearts because we know what's actually going on on the inside and then the last thing i'd share is this tool that says saying goodbye to the four p's so it's kind of common sense that we say goodbye to people, but we also, it's people, places, pets, and possessions. Mm. So anytime we leave somewhere, we always say goodbye to the people that we really love, the places we really love, the pets, and our possessions. And I think this is really important for younger kids who there's been a lot of examples in the different like cohorts of little TCK groups I've done where Maybe a five-year-old, once they get to the new host country that they're living in, will maybe lose a favorite toy or a Lego piece and kind of have this big emotional breakdown when it doesn't really have so much to do with the Lego piece as it does to this thing that they or, or people or memories or whatever it is that they had to let go of, but maybe they don't have the language for yet to express Um, And then, like, example for me personally, when we moved, I had to let go of, what is it called, a KitchenAid mixer that my great-grandma had given me that's super heavy. Like, I can't bring that, you know. So it's like, oh, I actually really need to grieve that. My kids need to grieve these, these things that they had to let go of that. Um, That was really helpful in learning because I think I just addressed the people and not the other things that are actually really painful. So that's been a, a really helpful tool every time we transition.
0: Brilliant tool. Will you say the four Ps again one more time just for our review?
1: Yep. So it's saying goodbye to the four Ps, and that's people, places, pets, and possessions.
0: So I'm hearing a lot of great tools and constructs of things that you've discovered along the way. Um, Obviously the books we've discussed, the grief tower, the big T, the little T, the happy face and the uh, frowny (laughs) face, the, the yuck duck. And I can't remember the other one, Uh, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, there we go. And then of course the four P's what, what a great uh, journey. I think um, maybe to get real for a minute, what would you have done differently? You know, you look back the next last five years and, um, you know, is there anything that could have made the transition to raising third culture kids easier for you and your family?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think there's a real specific I would have done differently. Um, so, okay, so when, I think this is maybe more geared towards families that are moving somewhere where they have to learn another language. Um, right. But I think that in one of the trainings that I went through, it talked about the diff, this was actually Lauren Wells's TCK care training. She talked about the difference between neglect and abuse and how neglect can be a form of abuse. And it, it can happen so subtly when kids are are living cross-culturally and she kind of just brought to light something that was a complete blind spot to me about when your children so when you're getting a lot of advice from people who've gone before you and you're needing to learn another language and another culture which eric and i my husband and i the first three years of our time here were so intentional about saying no to everything like even ministry opportunities so that we could say yes to really learning the language and really learning the culture and this was heavy advice from people who've lived cross-culturally in our context and even in our country prior to us of hey this is so important make sure that you put your kids in all arabic speaking school so that they can also learn the language and culture and then they can you know they're they're just more likely to thrive there. And so what Lauren w- Wells was saying is a lot of adult TCKs later on some of the trauma that got brought up later on in their life were times when they were placed in a situation where they weren't able to ask for basic needs because they didn't know the language. Mm. And so if you're, you know, an American speaking English and all of a sudden you're in a daycare where it's all, all Arabic, you can't ask for water. You can't ask, can I go to the bathroom? You can't. And so I think a a caution to other parents is to make sure that there's at least one person in there who's sort of one-on-one with that child. So that no matter what, they have the ability to ask for their basic needs or desires or, hey, I'm afraid, I want my mom. So if you are putting your kids in that context, then like well before teaching them how to say these basic phrases and also teaching them to understand the responses before you put them into that concept, context because then it it is a form of neglect, even though it's unintentional. Um, so I put my youngest in a school where she did have the ability and access to an English speaker whenever she needed it.
0: Great. On the, on the language learning, that is, um, a threshold that, you know, a lot of people never have to cross and it's, uh, that's been a big, big learning experience for you. Let's close with this. So you guys, um, maybe come back to all people's church, San Diego. Uh, for a season or, you know, someone runs into you maybe on a short-term trip or on uh, at a conference somewhere. What are some helpful questions? What are some easy ways for people to connect with your kids that will make them feel a sense of belonging and love?
1: Mm, that's such a good question. I think just avoiding the question are like, how is it being home or You know, maybe something a little bit more specific, like, hey, like, maybe kind of some questions that you'd ask another 10 10 to 12-year-old and then let them initiate bringing you into their world or even the uniqueness of, hey, do you speak Arabic? Can you share some, you know, kind of, I think the main thing is, are you excited to be home can be a very painful question. I think as a parent, what would make me feel so supported, this was so funny. Last time in San Diego visiting, I'm, I, somebody had handed me change. So I had like a nickel, a dime, and a penny. And Jolene had, I don't think my youngest had ever seen change in America. And so she was like, oh my gosh, those are so little. And so she's, she's just like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's a nickel. And she's like, but what is a nickel? Like how much is a nickel? And I think it just brought to light, like, oh, my gosh, my I need help from our community, like teaching our kids like American currency or maybe like the national anthem at a baseball game or things that like the Pledge of Allegiance, things that are very American that I don't even realize my kids don't know like spending time with them bringing them into experiences like that would be so helpful so that later on when they go off to college or whatever it's not so jarring and they don't feel so it doesn't feel so foreign to them like bringing them into experiences like that it is incredibly helpful to us as a family does that make sense
0: yeah and i'm the the thing i'm hearing is this intentionality you know for example for for my family you know obviously we're in ministry but we live in america in california so i'm always having to be intentional to expose my kids to other cultures and you know uh in the same way there might be some things in american culture that you want to be intentional to expose your kids to, I imagine it would also be a blessing if someone checked with you first, you know, before just giving them the whole, yes, uh, you know, born in the USA, Fourth uh, of <laughs> July tattoo. But I, 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 I totally think that's a really helpful tip, and also not calling to attention maybe um, the big differences in lifestyle that your kids have. That's also what I'm what I'm hearing, and. Um, connecting with them as people that have hopes and dreams and hobbies and aspirations and uh whether it be basketball or dance or a show or you know just something they're into so yeah uh, i think
1: that like brings me to one one other thing is in the training which we don't have time to go into this today but she talks a lot about identity anchors and i know in apg when we use the word identity we're typically talking about our identity in christ But what she talks about being so important are just like unique identities. So for example, my son Preston, it doesn't matter if he's in Greece, Syria, Lebanon, America, like he's gonna love basketball. You know, like it doesn't matter where we are in the world. So what you're saying, I think like kind of finding that like the individual child, whether it's our kids or other families that are visiting, like, what are the things that you can draw out of that child that maybe it's a sport or a hobby, yo-yoing or art or unique things about them that can translate no matter where they live and kind of getting to know that side of them and drawing it out, I think is incredibly helpful.
0: That's great. Well, this has been very educational for me and, um, you're obviously loving this and also some great research as well so just to everyone listening we will be compiling some of these resources and sending them out and